Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and inquiries for the WIBR Warren Radio Network to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. You can find us on Sayscape, Telegram, USA.life, MeWe, ParlorLink, oh, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Pure Social, and Gab Social, and Linktree, and Linktree. So you can find us on all those social sites. You can also listen to the shows through the following carriers Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. You can also listen to the shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Don't miss the following articles by The Watchman. This week we feature American Choice. American Choice, Blessing or Cursing has not been a concern over the decades since my birth. But that matter, for that matter, in recent memory, you can attribute an attitude of America that is anti-Christ. We also have... American Clarity, American Clarity, Radicalized Agenda, has many wondering how this nation got to the point of such upheaval. The years of division in America have drug on. And last but not least, Comforters of Job. Comforters of Job that show up in times of trouble is an experience all its own. Not all who come to help or comfort those in trouble are like those in Job. So go to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and there you'll find the articles and please pass them on to your friends. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. I thought about uh, inviting Biden over and then turning him around three times and see if he can make it back to Washington. <laughs> Dana, that's terrible. Well, you know, the guy shouldn't be in the presidency. No. You know? 
So what was going on today that they had to usher all the news people out? Well, Biden got stuck in the bathroom, and he was using the toilet paper as a map to try and find his way out. <laughs> that is not the truth. No. Yeah. Yeah, they had to get him out because uh, he was asking them, what's next? What does he do next? Well, <laughs> That's because Kamala now is heading up the border thing, so that ought to go real well. With Kamala down there, El Tarzan of the Grapevine. Oh, I know. I mean, she's something else. So, well, at any rate, we put together the full conglomeration, and the transgender dude up there, dudette, uh, got... Uh, uh, put in there by uh, they said scant but it doesn't matter you know if you get if you get put in you're in you know whether it's by one yeah you know I think there was a couple of points taken off because his hair just wasn't parted in the right place but or her hair but uh, it's you know. still in my I don't care you can change the outside all you want but the inside stays the same he's still yeah. a guy there's no such thing as transgender, only in our stupid world we live in. <clears throat> I mean, it's crazy. you can run out, run around all day and calling yourself a mouse, but if you're a human, you're still a human, not a mouse. Yeah. I mean, it's about the same principle, you know. You can run around, you know, and honking your horn all day long and claim you're a car, but you're a human. That's crazy. You know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, this this is America today. This is the stupid, idiotic, repulsive, absolutely knuckle-headed America that we are in today. And it is totally um, immoral. And it's vile. And you yep. can dress it up any way you want to. And you can blame every white man on the planet. But after you blame every white man, and if, even if you killed every white man, guess what? You're still going to stand before God, and you're still going to find out how much, how much of a fool you've been. Yeah. So you ain't going to change the judgment, kids. So at any rate, let's move on. Okay, what's going on tonight? Well, up front, we're talking about Malaysia. Malaysia and Myanmar, M&M. But these aren't the chocolate kind where you get the candies in the good centers. The, this is this is out there where a lot of people, and these come out of Mission Network News. Um, a judge ruled in favor of Christians declaring uh, a 1986 ban unconstitutional. Now, you, the reason this is so unusual is because in a lot of the Muslim nations, you can't, as a Christian or anybody else, you're not allowed to say Allah in a lot of them. Okay? In the Malay language, Allah is the word for God. And for years, they have said Christians have, you have to find a different word. You can't use the word Allah for God. And so this has been the big thing in Malaysia. I mean, you know, <clears throat> if you go back in Scripture... And you, you look at some of the first names of God. You know, the Lord said, don't use those. Yeah. And, and there was a generic word, you know. And, and our God, our God and our Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is not the same as Allah. He told them quite, quite pointedly. But at any rate, 
The court has now said that that's unconstitutional. Of course, now what this does is that right now you have a whole bunch of them that are now mad because one of the biggest things they do in Islamic societies is find those they don't like and charge them with blasphemy. And if you, in Malaysia, it'd be easy, you know, if they say Allah, well, that's blasphemy and you get to go to prison. And that's the way they get rid of them. That's actually how they take over their houses and everything else. And, uh, and uh, you know, Malaysia, you know, we look at Christians, your ethnic background is how you're going to be treated. And, and you know, it's not just Malaysia. Now, now, if you get over in India, and there's Christians, and they're part of the Dalits, the, the untouchables. Yeah. That's, and, and they have generations and generations of this. That's crazy. Meanwhile, the Muslim, uh, the Hindus, on the other hand, have upper status in society. So they can always beat and kill and beat up and whatever they want to a lot of those Christians. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they get away with it. Um, and uh, in Malaysia, if you're Chinese or an Indian background... It's okay for you to follow Christ. However, um, Islam is considered an intrinsic part of the Malay identity. So if you're ethnic and you're following Christ, then you're going to have all kinds of problems because they don't like you. And this is the same way when, you know, in India, it's the same same thing. When we find Christians who leave Hinduism, uh, just like if you're a former Muslim... Yeah, they prose- uh, persecute those the worst. Yeah. And uh, in in moving on to Myanmar, they continue. Now, that's where the elected government has lost power. Uh, Myanmar military was using violence against civilians. And, uh, and so they've been using increasingly lethal force. And it's getting to be a mess over there. It's been a mess. And uh, one particular ministry is called Mission Cry. And, you know, they've been sending Bibles and Christian books into the country. Now, you may think, why didn't they send food? But there is one thing you need to understand. In a lot of these places, including in India and in various parts around that whole area, and this is over in Myanmar, Christians want one thing, Tower. They want a Bible. Yeah. And they want it in their own language. That's more important to them than getting food. Yeah, and we have a ministry that uh, that's one of the things they do is give Bibles because um, in some cases, and this is not new, going clear back when we were first over uh, dealing with uh, native pastors in India, one of the things they wanted over there was Bibles. And, uh, you know, so now you've got now major ministries, and because of... Uh, our our ability to print things the way we can with computers and stuff, we're able to do this. And so, I mean, here you go again, you know, in Myanmar, you know, they want Bibles. And we had a request here not too long ago, man, it's an ongoing request for a lot of Bibles. And... Uh, <coughs> what and, language was that they wanted them in? The Mur- Murdu? Uh, was that right? I'm not sure about, uh, well, um, in this, this is Myanmar. This is Burmese. That's Burma, Myanmar. Oh, this has been a couple weeks ago. 
What's been a couple of weeks ago? That we did a story where they wanted Bibles. And I was so, just trying to think what language it was. But it see, we we have uh, they want another container filled with forty thousand Bibles and Christian books. Wow. And uh, you know, and, and this is just one little place. It's not just them. And of course, if you get on back over in Malaysia, where we're talking about, all those Christians need Bibles too. And uh, you know, this other ministry that we know of, and this is just. You know, all these ministries that are on the front line, if, if, if they are dealing, which they are, dealing with uh, native Christians over there and native pastors in their congregations, they're going to want one thing, a Bible. And many times they'll tell you that they want a Bible over food. Yeah. But there are people that really do need food, uh, you know, as well. So, um. A focus topic, again, you know, is Iran's missiles. And now we've got North Korea who tested missiles as well. You know, did you ever think about all the people that want missiles? And the top agenda of Pelosi and the Democrats is to get rid of the guns, as you know, that Americans have. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't make sense. You know, I mean... They're totally lost it up there. And, of course, it fits right into the judgment. And, oh, you know, I've been been warning for many, 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 many years, this nation. And uh, this is the closest we've seen to things really getting totally out of kelter and totally ridiculous. And a lot of this stuff is coming because there was a lot of cheating going on. There was a lot of lying. There was a lot of conniving and a lot of plotting. There was a lot of money. And that's how Joe Biden got in. They didn't care. I yes, mean, sir. you know, some people compared Biden to a weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> because you remember Bernie's the one that died when he was having a party. So his friends kept him up and gave him beer and carried him around all the time. Uh-huh, I don't, was that a movie or something? Yeah, that was oh, a movie. Well, I think I, it had sequels to it. Matter of fact, the I guy that played it. Bernie played dead so well. I mean, he really looked dead. I've never seen anybody so limber. But uh, Iran's uh, paramilitary revolutionary guard, uh, they have an underground facility. Now, this is for missile storage. But see, they've come out and said that that they do have the missiles. And uh, these missiles can travel 1,200 miles, which will hit most of the Middle East, including Israel. Wow. And so, guess what Biden wants to do? He wants to nuzzle up to Iran like they did before. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, all this stuff is just like, we've already been there and done that, Joe. I mean, you know, go back, get your get your color books and your crayons, and let someone uh, help you sketch out a plan for the next, you know, remainder of your term as president. Well, you know... Iran will be glad to take our money, yeah, and turn around and send a missile to America. Well, that's exactly you know, Obama is responsible for that, yes, he is, you know. But I don't know, the whole thing is a mess, and uh, our country's a mess. I mean, as far as 
um, the people trying to run it. But see, once they get all this stuff passed, it's Katie bar the door. You know, I mean, this this does not look good. These these dipwit Democrats think they can, you know, pass all these laws and they're totally unconstitutional. Absolutely. One hundred percent constitutional. Uh, but see, when you have uh, judges that uh, are corrupt, like we have in America, and we do have corrupt judges, the unjust judge is mentioned in Scripture, and we have unjust judges here. And you could tell that because of the way they decided to rule on this election fraud, which more and more now, the last, last month I've seen more and more stuff coming out about Republican legislators uh, actually investigating even more. And so this is a mess. They should have done that before the cer- they certified Biden as president. Well, you know, the Republicans didn't want him to. Even, uh, you know, our buddy over there that's head of the, that used to be head of the McConnell. Senate. McConnell. McConnell. You know, I mean, he even came out against Trump. You yeah. know, so now all of a sudden they don't have Trump, and now we're on the verge of uh, total catonic collapse and a total changeover of everything we're used to. We used to be free. Now we're not going to be free. Um, I mean, everything is, is screwing up here, and he wants to borrow more money as if there's not enough money. So then, then what you look at is an absolute collapse of the financial system, and, and all of this follows exactly what socialism does. They're piranha. They will pray That's until right. there's nothing left to pray on, and then they'll pray on each other. Yeah, this, this, the, these group of Democrats are corrupt to the core, and there's a lot of Republicans that are corrupt to the core. We have a lot of our educational base that is corrupt to the core, and we have a population in general in this country that has fallen away from the good Lord, and uh, we're, we have more vile stuff in this country that we declare that it's okay, calling evil good and good evil. So, uh, you know, judgment be on your own head if you don't have sense enough to see it. And they don't. They're blinded. So, and what I pray is, God, I pray for your mercy in the midst of judgment. Amen. And... Uh, so at any rate, we'll see how this works out. The Lord is in charge. There's no doubt. Thank God. Yeah, thank God is right. And the, and, and that's that's the main thing, folks. They ain't going to be able to destroy anything until the good Lord's ready. I want to, um, when you said the Lord's in charge, I wanted to, it reminded me of what something that we heard this pastor had said. The only part of the Bible that works works for you is what you believe. Yeah, well, I thought that was a pretty profound statement because it's it's true. If you believe God's word, it works. Well, see, we do say that. We say you have to have faith. But see, what does faith really mean? It means you have to believe. And, and so he simplified it. Yeah, and how do you get faith? By reading the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, hearing by, by the, the word, word of God. God. That's right. So at any rate, for the Christians out there, you need to draw low, uh, close to the Lord. And uh, it's yes, been a cause... long time ago that I told the native pastor in India that there would come a day when America would have no money for missions. 
that they would be bankrupt and they would be no longer a Christian country. Probably over 20 years ago. It's been a long time. And that they would have to depend on God and not America. Yep, that's what I told him. Yep. Well, see, if you don't believe, you can't very well depend on God. Right. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, we're basically talking to Christians. But Christian, you're going to have to depend on God. Really, seriously. And we don't know how soon this will be, but you've got to depend on the Lord 100%. And you may not get things the way you want to, but understand this is serious stuff that's going on here. And I warned about this many years ago, many, many years ago when Obama was in. I detailed what Obama was doing and why they wanted to fill America with with all these other third worlders. And uh, that's just the way it is. It's the same thing today. So we do have another one. Tara Tower, are you ready on yours? Yes. Okay. This is comes to us from Bibles for the Mideast. It's Salvation and Healing in the Sultanate of Oman. And it's about a family of Muslims. They, um, there was three brothers and three sisters, and they lived with their mother. All of them were plagued with psoriasis. It, it's an inherited skin disorder, and they all were miserable with it. But Abasia who is a is one of the sons at 52 years old he um suffered painfully with this stuff painful sores and it made itching um it made it was so sore that it made even dressing properly impossible and the family ended up spending most of their money in hopes of finding a cure, but nothing helped. And Abasia's mother helped arrange a marriage for him when he was 20. The father had died when the children were young, but his marriage to this woman lasted less than a year. It was very unhappy. So he remained unmarried, as did his brothers and sisters. And many times they contemplated a suicide pact to end their misery. And unbeknownst to the family, a secretive underground Bibles for the Mideast church met regularly with them. And um, the local believers learned of the family's plight. And while they were in prayer a few weeks ago, two of the church's couples felt very strong the urge to go to go talk to them they were urged by the Holy Spirit and they went to talk to the family and Abasia answered the door he wouldn't let him in and he told him to go away because they didn't have any friends and nobody wanted to go visit them because the the, the locals believed they had a, a curse on them and so Abasia didn't want the Christians coming in because they didn't want to be cursed more. And um, so they were trying to tell him that our Lord and mighty healer, Jesus Christ, who was crucified, died, and then rose from the dead, will heal you all from this disease. 
and um, he ran him off, closed the door, but one of his sisters followed them out the gate and she asked them to pray for her, a short prayer. And um, after they prayed briefly over her, they gave her a gospel leaflet. She went back into the gate and she slept wonderfully all night long. Never had she had such rest and peace and she was so excited when she woke up. She reached for the gospel track and she called the pastor's number and reported to him how well she'd slept and how much better she felt after the yesterday's prayer. And he asked if she would like to attend a prayer meeting with the church that morning and she agreed and they sent a car for her and every all her family was still in bed so they didn't no one saw her leave and um the church members were fasting and praying and when she arrived the pastor shared a gospel message and then they pray uh joined in prayer for her and as they prayed jesus appeared to come down from her, to her from on high he touched her scarred diseased body with his nail scarred hands her skin immediately cleared her uncertainty vanished and her face shone with the light of heaven and jesus said to her believe in me and be my witness then he vanished and she was filled to overflowing with the holy spirit and she could barely contain her joy she began to dance as the others sang and rejoiced and worshiped and uh so she went home because her her family at that time discovered she was missing and they were getting ready they looked everywhere inside and out and getting ready to file a missing person report when a strange car drove up to the gate and out she jumped but they couldn't believe it was really her she, she seemed the same yet entirely new a beautiful happy woman they had never met she was holding a bible and began, and she told him what she had experienced they listened but she thought it was all she was crazy and the fact that she had a good night's sleep and now stood before them utterly transformed both physically and spiritually they could no longer deny her story and she couldn't wait to tell the pastor so she called as soon as she could and asked if they would send a car again the next day this time for the whole family and the whole family came for the time of prayer and fasting and um they were welcomed in warmly welcomed and it didn't take much convincing for all of them to accept jesus as their personal lord and savior abasia and the others noticed no physical change in their bodies but held on to their new faith and stayed in prayer with other church members by the third day of prayer, they found their bodies completely free of psoriasis. The church had planned four more days of prayer and fasting, so the family of the new Christians stayed at the pastor's house and attended all meetings and Bible classes. And early this past Sunday, March 21st, the mother, three brothers, and three sisters were all baptized at a secret location along the Arabian Sea. Isn't that just so exciting, Dana? Oh, I love that story. I do too, and, and imagine what's going to happen in all the community now. 
Well, that's what makes this really neat, is that the Lord takes the enemies and makes them into believers. Yep, that's right. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. and, and we get these reports all the time from different quarters. And so while we're talking about what's happening in America, folks, understand that no matter what happens, God has not changed. That's right. And folks, in some of the toughest, most persecuted areas on this planet, there are miracles and signs. Amen. And, and you know, as times, I believe that as times get tougher here in America, that we'll start seeing those miracles as well. Because right now, America's rich and in need of nothing. They're like a, the Laodicean church. Yep. But one day. You know, we have a, a story coming out of uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. This is from International Christian Concern. <coughs> and... Uh, There were 12 bodies laying on the ground, and there's been a lot of trouble over there. And uh, they're fearing that there's going to be a lot more. And uh, the victims were all executed with pickaxes oh. and machetes. That's about as horrible as you can get. Oh, yes. And uh, an Islamic group by the name of ADF which is an affiliate of ISIS, and we see that in Africa. And they've been there since pretty much the beginning that ISIS was, and these these groups come along, uh, and uh, they begin to adapt the ways of ISIS. And so their idea is an Islamic caliphate in Central Africa, the same thing that ISIS had, they were going to do a caliphate. And so they, they work by assaulting, kidnapping, and killing Christians. And it's, it's hard to believe, but up to 90% of, of the Congos, this Republic of Congo, uh, is Christian. But the violence is rooted in Islamic uh, extremism, which continues to worsen. So right now, the DRC in you know Congo is uh, number... Um, 40 on the 2021 Open Doors World Watch List for Christian Persecution. And uh, so, you know, it's imperative that you're praying for your brothers and sisters wherever they're at. And it's also imperative that if you can, give to ministries that have boots on the ground that can make a presence overseas can work with the you know the church over there and help them and bring what they need uh, this is very important at this time you know it may be that America gets so bad some of them will be coming here bringing us stuff but make no mistake there are people that want this country to be fundamentally destroyed as far as a constitutional republic and they've, they've been like that. It, there's been an undercurrent of this for many, many years. Right now, the undercurrent in America is Antichrist. But see, when we go to a lot of these areas that are also Antichrist, we see God moving. 
And see, this is important, Tower. You know, think about this. You know, we talk about the wickedness. We talk about the vileness, even in America. But I want you to know that no matter how wicked it is, vile it is, and how terrible it is in this this world, and this even includes blood guilt. I talk a lot about blood guilt. But there's one place that you can go for forgiveness for all of this, and that is to the to the Christ who was on Calvary and who died for your sins and shed his blood and was resurrected from the dead. Amen. And no matter how bad it is, no matter what you've done, there is a Christ who died for you, and he's waiting for you, and there is always hope. There's more grace from God to bring sinners in than anything else. He has adequate grace for you and for the multitudes. Yes, amen. So don't forget that. Thank you, Lord. And one thing that I really liked, and that was over in Israel, they found new Dead Sea Scrolls. Really? I yeah. didn't hear about that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the first time in 60 years that they have done that. Wow. And, and see, one of the problems you get in when you're dealing with a lot of this, there's always the treasure hunters, the tomb robbers. And so if you don't make a concerted effort to get there first, they're going to get the stuff. So this includes uh, portions from the book of 12 minor prophets, including the books of Zechariah and Nahum. And uh, That's exciting. Yeah, one of the passages come out of uh, Zechariah 8, 16 through 17. It says, these are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to one another. Render true and perfect justice in your gates. And do not connive evil against one another. What are we doing in uh, America? Yeah. Do not love perjury, because all those things I hate, declares the Lord. Now, see, these are the very things we're doing in America today. And we contrive evil against each other in this country. And, but at any rate, this is, this is uh, Zechariah that was found on that. Th that is really neat. Oh, it is. I think it is. And the head of the theft prevention... Um, of the Israeli antiquities said that for years they chased after the antiquity, antiquity loo uh, looters and they tried to they finally decided to preempt them by trying to reach the artifacts uh, artifacts before they got to them so um, I think that's great it's always good yes and there they've been finding stuff all along and there was something not too long ago that they found that was actually uh, before it it spoke of Israel and uh, and Judah before um, the Palestinians ever got there, you know, the, you know, yeah, ones over in Gaza. Now we do have another another one, and I wanted to do a little preface to this. This is about the women of Kobani. I covered Kobani for many many. Uh, for, for two years, 2014, 2015. Our websites were full of this stuff, and uh, I covered it, and I watched this war, and uh, I knew uh, 
what Kaboni was. I knew where it was located. I knew these women fighters as far as covering them and writing and, and making it known. I knew uh, what group they belonged to, uh, the Kurds. And, uh, and so this is interesting here because, you know, a lot of these people, you know, justice wasn't done for them. But this is something that Tower is going to cover. But I wanted to let you know that this is these, these women are real. And uh, I can testify to that along with their husbands. They're one fighting group of people. Yes, they are. This um, comes to us because there's a lady named, oh, her name is Lemon, her last name, Lamont. Gail Lamont. She's the author of The Daughters of Kobani. And she's telling this story about these women who were fighters. And in 2014, the Islamic State had swept across much of Syria, overtaking cities and spreading terror of civil war raged all around it. As ISIS approached a town called Kobani, a group of Kurdish female fighters armed with AK-47s and a lot of courage were determined not to let ISIS take their town, homes, or their families. And although they had braided hair and painted fingernails, when it came to fighting ISIS, they were as fierce as any male army. And they weren't just fighting ISIS, they were leading in battle, leading men and women in the fight against the extremists of the Islamic State. And in Gail Lemon's book, she introduces us to these female fighters, including Azima, who was a sniper, and she was determined to stop ISIS at all costs. And um, even when so many had lost faith that Kobani would not fall, she, Azima, would absolutely tell everybody, including her fighters and including her sister, who sometimes called her while she was in the middle of the battle, literally, of taking fire from the Islamic State. She would say, we will not lose Kobani. We will fight until the end and we will win. And um, ISIS feared these female fighters. <laughs> and Yes, you asked me about Azima. Azima had a great story about at the beginning. She would hear on the walkie-talkie the men from ISIS saying, Try to pick off the women. Try to kill the women first. And then at the end, when they saw how, what good snipers they were, they would be on the radio saying, Hey, don't get too close to these women. Um, don't get too close to these women snipers. They're very good. And of course... Well, she took it as a huge compliment, and the Islamic the, were afraid of her because men felt that they couldn't go to paradise if they were killed by a woman. And they would get on the radio and say really terrible things to these women who then used it to, as motivation in, to power them in their fight against ISIS. So I think that's really exciting about these women and um, there was another woman who's um, was from a Christian family and her mother didn't 
like the idea of her going out to fight. Her mother didn't approve of her joining the all-women force. But then Isis had kidnapped Christians in the Hawar Valley, and when her parents would go to church, people would come up and say to them, We're so proud of what your daughter is doing, and I really hope the daughters of Kobani do justice to the courage, the bravery, and the power of these young women. So that, that's exciting how these women just kept fighting. I remember Dana seeing a picture of one woman on the front lines, and she had a gun, and she was had her baby strapped to her back. Yeah, it, it was a, a sight. And there's a reason that they're like that. Because when you uh, trace them back to the Ottoman, uh, the Kurds uh, actually had a large, large area before the Ottomans took it from them. And they also slaughtered a lot of them. And these women, therefore, you know, their mothers and their mother mothers uh, go way back to that. And everybody had to fight, including the women, to save the kids and save anybody that was left. That was how bad it was. And so th there, there's this justice that comes out when you see them. Uh, and and the thing that I regret, I thought they needed their own, their own little country again. Rojava is what they called it. Yeah. Uh, but that was denied. It, it was set up, but then um, Erdogan got in there and you know didn't like it, and so. Well, of course not. And so they they never did get it. So uh, there's a lot of injustice in the world. And the thing I like particularly about them is that they would take in Christians and other Muslims and other faiths uh, under one flag, you know. They wanted them all in Rojava where they would all be together. Now there has been some things with uh, some of the Kurds uh, that they're not all like that. I don't know. It's just like Americans. Not all Americans are nice. So you, you can't just say one group and classify them all but at any That's rate right. um, you know uh, I'm going to move down one and uh, this is about Syria from Mission Network News and uh, it was some 10 years ago there was the Arab Spring. Now, the first time I saw the Arab Spring was when it was actually taking place in Egypt at night. And it was there that they had a vision of uh, th this um, writer uh, in kind of a, I think it was a green type uh, vision of this writer riding through the mist. Of, you, you could see it on the uh, on the movie. I remember that. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Well, some people said that was put in there, but it, it really looked real. It didn't look phonied at all. But, uh, you know, that was the beginning of the Arab Spring, and then it just really went nuts. So there was massive protests, and of course it went into Syria and Damascus as well. And, uh, and of course it took, it, it took its time. And, uh, you know, the thing that, that I thought was interesting is that the Syrian Christians there were actually 
Now, Syrian Christians, if you remember, uh, Paul the Apostle spent 12 years in Damascus before he ever went out as an apostle to the Gentiles. He, he learned what God wanted him to learn, and he ministered, and he stayed in Damascus, Syria. So these Syrian Christians go clear back to the apostles. This, this is definitely a Christian base. And so at any rate, they wanted, because Syria was turning into a mess, and they had a lot of Muslims, a lot of others, and Christians were persecuted, so they wanted a revival. And uh, it came out that, you know, when a lot of the Arab Spring came and a lot of the trouble came, especially to Syria, uh, the Christians were praying for revival in their country. And they were praying, Lord, do what you need to do to bring a revival. Now, the person who who found out that was Tom Doyle of Uncharted Ministries, which simply means what it says. He goes where it's not charted, where it's difficult. And, uh, you know, the Christians weren't expecting a war. But when it did come, it was very, very tragic. And so we remember the military crackdown. We remember how many people this... uh, relates 13 million people we know that there was various kinds of bombs that were dropped that that were almost illegal to do it was pretty bad and uh, Doyle has been in constant communication with the gospel workers in this country and he says that there's a harvest in Syria despite the negative news and the horrible scenes that we have seen for the last 10 years. Syrians are coming to faith and there's a new openness to the gospel. And one pastor in Damascus, he said, related to him that 30% of his congregation on a Sunday morning is from the Muslim background. He says they're practicing Muslims, but they're looking for answers. That's exciting, but it's too bad that that came at such a great cost. Well, you know, look at America. You know, know. what's it going to take to wake America up? Does anybody know? You know, I mean, and they always tell us, you know, um, you know, be careful how you pray. If you say, Lord, do whatever you need to do to get it done. You better duck. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Lord just might take you up on that and... When he does that, it's going to be something that you weren't ready for. So you got to be ready. These are amazing stories because, you know, the news that reports it, it's always bad. But the bottom line of it is there's people there, even if they're Muslim, whatever they are. It's just like you have Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and the others. Now, these people are blinded. I've, I've said from the beginning, I really do think that Joe Biden is, is being taken advantage of. Well, I, I, yeah. think, I think they should have never done this. I think uh, it was a plot from the beginning. I think they knew that they were going to cheat. They had a way to get the Dominion machines to work that way. And, and it's all come out. You know, Sidney Powell alone had uh, uh, tons of evidence, but they wouldn't even, wouldn't even look at it. No, they wouldn't consider it. And so 
the, this has been the problem. And there was another gal I seen today who was in a, in a particular uh, state who was in charge. She was uh, the attorney general. She just flat out said, if any of you dare to step up and say that there was cheating going on in this state, uh, then I will personally, uh, bar, uh, you know, remove you as a lawyer. And uh, she's the one that needs to be removed. Yeah, and so you had you had that going on too. So so it was a mess. Um, so Syria war. Yeah, we know about that. There was a lot of it, but the thing again you're seeing is in the midst of the chaos people look for answers and you know I, I think too that um, there are those people that work with Muslims that truly know how to reach them that's right I wouldn't be very good at that I'm sure well, there is a website set up by another ministry who we came in contact with. And more and more as we do this, we have all kinds of of uh, humanitarian and Christian ministries that are out there. And there, there's, there's a, quite a number of them that you've never heard of that are just individuals, uh, small ministries that go out into the areas that you wouldn't even think they're going to. And so... Um, it, it's an amazing thing when we see what happens. Yes, it is. Thank you, Lord. And so we are at about 50 minutes. And we've got another one. Are you you ready for this? Sure. Okay, go ahead. And be sure to mention the Slavic Gospel Association. I was going to. Okay, good. Thanks. So this was this is provided by the is Illinois based Slavic Gospel Association, the SGA. They're um, reaching Russia in spite of COVID. They have a Russia gospel surge. Is the Russia gospel surge is COVID's silver lining. And the Russian Christians are going door to door in frigid temperatures, and they've reached 25% more non-church-going children and families with the gospel over the past few months than ever before, and it's largely because of COVID. And um, the SGA says COVID is actually opening doors for the gospel in Russia and the former Soviet Union as Church's Compassionate Outreach Mills Hearts. And they, um, their Christ Over COVID campaign and Emmanuel's Child Christmas Outreach help re helped Russian Christians and their local evangelical churches bring hope to tens of thousands amid the ongoing pandemic, including 25% more non-going non-church-going children than before COVID. And in God's providence, COVID is actually opening doors for the gospel in Russia. People are at their wits end and they're asking, is there any hope? Then their Christian neighbors show up on the door with food 
and gifts for the children, Bibles, and the life-transforming message that Jesus Christ loves them. And in recent months, these local Christians partnering with the SGA have delivered free groceries, supplying a staggering three million meals and distributing Christian or Christmas gifts and Bibles and Jesus Loves You Star of Bethlehem or ornaments to nearly 40,000 children. And um, so many Christians are skeptical of religion be because they grew up under the shadow of communism. And the combination of Christian compassion and the power of the gospel in action is melting even the hardest and most frozen hearts. And the pandemic has ravaged Russia and the former Soviet Union, causing unemployment and hunger to soar. There are also reports of, new, of a new Russian variant of this virus. So that's exciting that they're able to reach these people, Dana. Well, I think it's amazing. It and is. There again, I, I looked up the Slavic <clears throat> Gospel Association. I was on their website. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, this is another one. You know, you'd never know about these people if it, if it wasn't for... Now, see, a lot of this stuff, they will get on, on places like Mission Network News. And uh, Mission Network News is a ministry itself. But yet... There's a lot of ministries that uh, use that as a platform to get their name out and let you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people just don't realize how much the gospel is reaching out into some of these areas. And, you know. And what's exciting about this is because they're working directly with local churches and local believers, they're able to get the aid out quickly and to the exact point of need. Yeah, and remember, not too long ago, Putin actually put together um, uh, certain things concerning sharing your faith, no matter who you were. And you had to have government approval. And so by going through the churches, they would make sure pretty much that they're doing everything that they need to be doing in order to uh, be kosher. Because Putin did come out with that. It's probably been, I don't know, seems like maybe 10 years ago seven years ago yeah i don't know but right now um the group's priority is giving hope to russia's more than seven hundred thousand orphans and unwanted children what a tragedy that there's that many that well, is just well you think about it there's horrific. there's there's uh kids all over the place and this has been on my heart for years the children not only for our own ch own children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, but all the kids. It just astounds me that people, you know, want to destroy their own, own kids. Oh, it just breaks my heart that these families walk away from their children. It's just heartbreaking. It's gut-wrenching. Well, and that's what came out about the kids that are coming up here to America now is that the adults bringing them were actually renting the children and they have to return them back down there. I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get back reunited with their parents. And and I don't even know how viable that story is, but that's one of the ones that was on social media uh, and some of our well, stuff. Well, it wouldn't surprise me that that kind of stuff is going on. 
Well, we knew, we know that there are groups that are doing things like this. There is connections because these people have food, they have guidance, they even had free Biden shirts. This is a whole setup, folks. This, they just didn't decide to come up here. This has all been planned. And it's been planned since before Biden was, was to even getting office. Yep. So make no mistake, <laughs> this is not by accident. And it's not because these people are running from something. This has all been planned. There are liberal uh, groups that are down in these countries that are connected to the George Soros Open Society. That's just one. And they're connected to the Democrats and, and the arm, the muscle arm of the Democratic Party, which d does these things. So make no mistake about it. Um, this is a ploy. They don't care about the kids. They want one thing. They want to be able to make America to where the Democrats will never be unelected again. That they will always be in power. They can make sure they change the Constitution. They can make sure they bring in socialism and uh, do everything they want to do. Now that's what they have planned. So... Well, at any rate, uh, remember the kids and everything that's going on. Yes, they're facing not only these type of situations, the orphans and the, the children at the border, but in the schools and this transgen transgendered garbage they're brainwashing these children with their making them question their gender this stuff going on is the it's a horrific assault against our children and we need to really pray and hold them up well you know the thing of it is it's getting in america that you can't just say anything you want to anymore you know they they've been politically correct and uh, they've been mainly Antichrist, anti-Christian, anti-patriot, anti-Trump. That that's anti-God. Yeah. Well, they've been banning them all off of uh, the liberal media, and even a judge, uh, a federal judge, came out and spoke about it. That this is wrong. It uh, is wrong. So at any rate, we're going to have to say good night. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. We hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. And please pray for your brethren. Good night, everybody. Good night. Don't forget to go to warn-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com. Be safe. Be found in the Lord. Look to him. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.